0: I am terminally ill. I do what I can still, even though my movement is more limited and I'm not, you know, I'm not as active. I'm not able to experience as many things as I was experiencing before. But still, just recognizing, oh my gosh, the air smells so good. Or, ah, it just, this breeze feels so good. Being more mindful of the simpler, smaller, blessings and things that, that I do experience every day, and not focusing on that which is unwanted.
1: You're listening to The Purpose Filter, the show that shares perspectives and actionable strategies to help you live better, healthier, and happier while you still can. This week's episode is adapted and excerpted from a Fireside Chat podcast episode I had with Nicole Holland. Nicole is a spiritual advisor to growth seeking humans and is here to elevate consciousness and eradicate poverty. She offers direct guidance to experience more peace, love, compassion, and abundance through all complex conditions and circumstances of life. Now, you know I love sharing stories of people who have a different perspective on life, and boy, does Nicole have one. She and I met one day at a podcast conference, almost a chance encounter through a mutual connection, Chris Williams, who I had also met just that day. I was telling Chris what I do for a living, and his eyes wide, and he goes, oh, you have to meet Nicole. She's going around the conference recording people's answers to some really, Poignant questions about what they would do if they had 90 days left before they died. So, of course, my curiosity is immediately piqued. And as if it was a sign from the universe itself, I randomly bump into her and Chris a few hours later as their mid sentence saying that we should all connect. So we sit down. Nicole flips open her notepad, starts the recording, and asks So the first question. Is you've got
0: approximately three months to live. How will you spend it? Secondly, your life goals that haven't yet been actualized. How would you go about seeing them to fruition with only three months to live? Or would you even bother? The third question What is one thing you'd like to see manifest in its fullness before you leave this world? And number four, after you're gone,
1: what do you hope people will remember about you most? I mean, talk about punchy questions. We all take turns answering and Chris turns to look at Nicole and gently asks if there's a personal reason why she chose 90 days. And she takes a breath and says, I am terminally ill and I've been dealing
0: with this on my own for quite some time. I've also... You know, I have um, chronic illness, and I've been dealing with that throughout my life. And it's something that I've never really spoken about or felt comfortable talking about until now. I was able to see a specialist that was sort of a second opinion, and that doctor did acknowledge that the first doctor was correct and without a surgery that death is imminent for me. And personally, I don't have insurance. And so it's not something that I'm able to access at this time. But I'm going through the process of finding supports and services to help me get better. Yeah. So anyways, this is the first time I'm speaking about this publicly. On Tuesday, after I heard from that doctor, I told my mother what was going on. Last night, I wrote a few people and my sister-in-law got in touch. And, you know, she said, I knew something was up. And I've heard that from a number of people like that have known me for some time now, you know, what's going on. But for me, I'm somebody who's always worked to ease others' emotions and situations and so I just got to a point in my life where I could no longer manage other people's emotions. I had to
1: really focus on my own. You would think that hearing you have 90 days to live would be devastating. And it is. And yet, like many of my hospice patients, Nicole also feels an odd sense of liberation.
0: For me, now that I have received that prognosis, it's like, oh, gosh, what a load off. Now I can just be, now I can just speak and I can live and I can do without being worried about how other people are going to respond or react and get back to focusing on what I believe matters most because we all only have a finite amount of time in this world and how we live day to day and moment to moment really is what the journey is all about. Nobody knows when it's going to come to an end, and I actually feel like having a a prognosis or a, you know a diagnosis or what have you that death is imminent, actually, for me, it's refreshing, and that might be weird and difficult to understand for a lot of people, but something that you said when I asked you the question, I think the question was something to the effect of, you know, you've been given three months to live. How are you going to spend it? What are you going to do? And you said something to me that felt so freaking good. And it was exactly how I've been feeling. But I didn't at the time, I hadn't felt like I could speak about it. And you said something to the effect of you would share your message boldly and It's like, hey, I'm dying, listen to me, right? And for me, I feel like it just fucking sucks that we have to, in our society, be dying or some sort of tragedy happening to get people's attention. And I recognized that people who are good people, people who I love, are so distracted by so many things today that unless you say something like, I'm dying, they're not paying attention. And as far as I'm concerned, our individual attention is so much more valuable than money or anything else in the world. And um, so to me, I'm very appreciative of this opportunity. And I don't want to die. Of course, I want to live a long and healthy life. And yes, there are many realities like a lot of pain and, you know, my organs shutting down and and things happening that are not fun. But those are not the things that I want to focus on. They're not the things that I do focus on. And so I actually, I feel very blessed. I feel very fortunate to have this current condition because it's no different than other conditions that I and you and everybody else Lives with every day, people do it every day. We don't know what other people are dealing with. And nobody, at least not me, truly wants to be pitied or to feel like a victim or to feel like people are only paying attention
1: because something's bad, right? And granted, not everyone feels this way after being told they have a terminal illness. But for Nicole, this wasn't the first time she had an intimate confrontation with death. I think
0: I have a probably a a different view on life and death and all than most people do in part because right before I turned 11 years old my little brother was diagnosed with cancer and so through that our family got involved with an organization for kids with cancer and their families and I befriended many children who were dying my age and younger my closest friends became people that I met through the camps and and the organization. And so as a child, 11, 12, 13 years old, watching your friends die, slow, painful deaths and learning how to hold space and be with the people in their life, opposed to focusing on what could be tomorrow, I think has really been a big part of informing my own life
1: early on. But familiarity with death doesn't make someone exempt from internal turmoil.
0: So the diagnosis, our prognosis came in September after I was taken to the emergency room and admitted. So physically at the time, emotionally, like I was just, I was dying. Like I had already had a death moment prior, like about a month maybe a little less than a month prior. So I was like on my deathbed at that point. And so that definitely took a toll. And then hearing this prognosis and and just kind of in my head, trying to make sense of it, what's real, what's not real. I have a deep, deep faith and that's what's always guided me. And so then, you know, starting to question that and go, well, am I right or am I wrong? Like, I would say there was a good, Month and a half to two months of, I guess the best way to term it would be like extreme emotional stress. And then since then, it's gotten easier because I just, again, I focus on what's good. Every day I do what I can still, even though my movement is more limited and I'm not, you know, I'm not as active, I'm not able to experience as many things as i was experiencing before but still just recognizing oh my gosh the air smells so good or ah oh, it just this breeze feels so good being more mindful of the the simpler smaller blessings and things that that i do experience every day and not focusing on that which is unwanted
1: and it's not until those simple blessings are threatened that we begin to realize how lucky we are to have them. That's why questions like the ones Nicole posed at the beginning are so powerful.
0: I literally, first morning of the conference, I just felt an inspiration to write these questions down. They didn't come from my head, they literally came through me. And so. I was just guided to write these four questions down. There was absolutely no preconceived intent or objective there. And I asked certain people, like I asked, hey, can I ask you some questions? And a few people were, guarded isn't necessarily the right word, but a few people just gave me answers from their head. But the ones who actually pondered the questions, and took a moment and answered from within without filtering for what they thought I want to hear, those were the ones that wound up being most profound and valuable because it's not about what they told me, it's what they recognized within themselves, just like you.
1: And that's the beauty of being able to reflect on these very four powerful questions. They have the ability to shift our perspective and remind us of what's truly important in life. And I invite you to answer these questions for yourself because they just might help you understand yourself a little bit better and see whether you're truly living your life in accordance with your values. First question is, if you have approximately three months to live, how will you spend it? The second, how would you go about seeing your life goals to fruition with three months left to live? Or would you even bother? And the third, what would you like to see manifest in its fullness before you leave this world?
0: I mean, I've got three months to live. How will I spend it? I've been doing it. It's no different than the way I've been living the past 30 years, 30, 40 years, right? It's just at a more intense level. So I've had to prioritize my own feelings opposed to the feelings of others. But as far as I'm spending it just the same, I guess I'm tolerating less. I am allowing less in I show up for conversations and when others want to tell me all the conditions and all their expectations and what I have to do in order to please them I'm done. <laughs> I just I don't have tolerance for that. I don't I literally don't have the time anymore. And so all these things, all these ways, all these the way I've lived my whole life, it's just become more and more clear the closer I get or the more intense it gets, if you will.
1: Yeah, the clarity for sure.
0: So it's like, okay, well, whether or not that happens, who knows? But right now, all I can control is what I can control. And so how can I keep things as easy and intentional as possible, which is what I was already doing, right? And the prioritization of day-to-day. And so I just got even more intentional about that. I shut things down for a while. I tuned out from everybody else and everything else and just got my ducks in a row knowing that I don't want to leave anything or other people to deal with or manage after I'm gone. Like I wanted to make sure that my cat, I wanted to find somewhere that I would feel safe leaving my cat. I wanted to find, you know, how do I bring things to a close or have that preparation done so that when the day comes that I'm no longer here, whether it's in the near term or far term, I've brought everything to completion.
1: That sense of completion, of resolution, is something a subset of people who are at the end of life begin to feel. They're the ones who lived life the best way they knew how, imperfectly, bravely, clumsily, and with a sense of curiosity and adventure. And it all starts with intention. And for completion's sake, here's the final question for you to consider. One that is on the mind of both the dying and occasionally the living. After you're gone, what do you hope people will remember about you most? This is what
0: I wrote about because at the end of the day, that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm ready to go. And so back to I don't want to and I look forward to living many more days But I mean, I, on Sunday, you know, I left Orlando on Sunday to head back um, to where I'm staying. And when I woke up in the morning, I was peeing blood and continued to all day. And so I wound up going to the ER that night with a bag packed, prepared for that to be the end. It wasn't, yay, I'm here for another day. So for me, if I could leave the world with one thing, if I can impact a person in, in with one principle, if you will, it's that you have control of your life experiences. You and you alone have control. It's just, it, it takes more than a lifetime for most people. Most people, I believe, go to their grave and you would know this better But I think most people go to their grave with regrets and wishes. And that's an unfortunate thing because it doesn't have to be like that. And so when you know yourself and you learn how to be at peace while you're still walking the earth, and when you recognize that it's not from others or from outside or from any conditions that your joy comes, but it's from within that. You can be at peace even in the most horrific circumstances. That is what I hope people will remember most about me after I'm gone, is that I reminded them of that and that they start to remember.
1: Thank you so much for listening. On a positive note, after we recorded this episode in which Nicole shared her story publicly for the first time she was able to get the life-saving surgery she needed. Nicole has been recovering and is looking forward to what's next, and I hope you will join me in sending her continued positive energy. If you have a story to share, please tell someone. Share your voice. You never know how it will change your life or impact someone else's. I'm grateful you're here listening week after week. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating on Spotify or if you listen on Apple, you can do the same and write a review. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I'll see you on the next one.